This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We started this show with um, with uh, Joe Kent, who'd done, I don't know, a dozen or more combat tours uh, that uh, has served his country with his task and purpose. Is now going to reboot his campaign to run against a bald-faced liar um, that has done nothing but lied to the people in the third congressional district out there in Washington about who she really was because it's being exposed every day on these votes. Colonel Harvey is also Colonel Harvey. Just quickly for the audience, a quick precy of your your career, your service to your nation, sir. Can you just give us a quick thumbnail? Twenty six years in the Army, uh, Middle East Foreign Area Officer, Intelligence Officer. At the beginning, I was an Airborne Ranger Infantry until I turned Lieutenant Colonel. So that really grounded me in a perspective about how to look at things differently than a lot of intel people. Uh, after that, I went to DIA, was a senior uh, executive at Defense Intelligence Agency, still focused on the Middle East. I was General Dave Petraeus. I was every commanding general's senior intelligence advisor in Iraq from 03 to 09 when I shifted to doing Afghanistan and worked for Dave Petraeus uh, and built the Afghan-Pakistan Intelligence Center. I'm a professor, full professor at the University of South Florida. Uh, President Trump asked me to join uh, the NSC to lead the Middle East effort and support his agenda in the Middle East. And when H.R. McMaster decided to let me go, I went to work for Devin Nunes and became his lead investigator. Um, and uh, at the NSC, you were one of the, you, not just were you Middle East, you were also one of the guys that helped explain to everybody exactly the details of the administrative state. I just want to go back uh, and I want to take a minute and explain that, uh, that you and Cash Patel and Devin Nunez, who are three heroes and patriots that were on top and running that uh, intel committee under under Ryan. Remember, we had control then. And people have to know Paul Ryan, what a gutless coward he is, right? And then then what we found out later about you guys being spied on. How, how do you know that you three were being spied on by the deep state? Well, they've begun to re- – a couple of weeks ago, uh, Google and others had to release the information that – and it was a five-year waiting period. I think you might have had cash on to talk about it. But a five-year waiting period uh, before they could inform the individuals who were spied on or the national security information that uh, they were asking for from them, our emails, our text message, our phone records, that type of information. And that was done while we were in Congress, okay? And then also during the impeachment information, impeachment trials, I know that my information and Devin Nunes information uh, was sought uh, so they could build records and files on us and look for things that they could exploit against us, okay? And and that's just the way it works in this town with the type of operatives we're working against that are ideologically driven. When you say that they have files on uh, this, I mean, this is like something from Hoover's FBI. This is the reason, this is the point of the 
we're going to bring it full circle. This is the point for the church committee. It was so out of control, particularly in the late 50s and early 60s, that they eventually had to, and this was a liberal, Frank Church, supported by the Washington Post and the New York Times at that time, after the Pentagon Papers, all that, supported by him. That, that this thing was so out of control on domestic surveillance, on infiltration of groups. And I uh, realize we're fighting a war. It was very contentious, uh, the anti-war movement, all of that. But but Derek Harvey, when you say it, it's come full circle, I thought we put that all to bed back in the 70s with the church committee. I thought we had the Gang of Eight, and I thought we, I thought they got out of the business of uh, of, of intimidating. I mean, Hoover's intimidation of Jack Kennedy is legendary. The stuff he had on Jack well, Kennedy. You know, Jack Kennedy was a... Uh, a free spirit in certain regards or hung out with a lot of, of free spirits, female type. Um, and, and Hoover had all the records. I thought we were out of that business. You're saying today you believe the FBI, CAA, the intelligence apparatus is keeping files on sitting congressmen. Correct. And this is how they do it. They will, they will deny that they're keeping records, but what they will do is they'll say, well, we have to have files on congressmen because we're going to engage with them. And they've got a government affairs element that engages and prepares people to go meet congressmen. And what they start to do is they drive a Mack truck through what should be a, you know, a very, um, you know, limited approach by them to prepare people to come over. They start collecting information. How do you vote? Where do you live? What kind of wine do you drink? Uh, what do you read? What magazines do you subscribe to? What do you do when you go on a trip that they observe? What types of information are, are you aware of that, that they can get from open source as well as from anybody that interacts with you? And they compile all that information and then they share it. And every step of the way, year after year, they continue to build on that. Now, a lot of that information, for example, um, sexual orientations or things that might be in the closet, they keep that until they can use it. And, and that's how they work. And when they just think what you can do if you go after everyone's emails, every search that was done on home computers under, under a person's name, um, and you just get all that personal data. And it's far beyond any rational justification. And this is what happens all the time. We did the 9-11 Commission. We came up with recommendations for how to do domestic uh, counterterrorism evaluations. And they've driven a Mack truck through that because the people who write the legislation and then administratively interpret that in FBI and DOJ are lawyers that are on a side that, that want to find the most expansive way to uh, interpret anything. And the people that are writing the legislation quite often go along with it. So we have these big open hearings. There's a nice narrative. We're going to clean it up. But the people that actually write the bill to correct it are often compromised, whether it's the Boehners or the Paul Ryans or the Adam Schiff's. Okay. And, and those are just recent personalities, but this has been going on for 25 years that I'm personally aware of. I'll just um, give you one other example, this, Steve, one other example. Yeah, how go, go, hard it go is ahead. to get information. Sure, please. We asked both Democrat and Republican for DNI and the IC to give us the information of who were the outside experts that they relied upon to come up with the COVID-19 uh, decision or conclusion that it was almost certainly uh, of natural origin. And then for other factors dealing with COVID. Still to this day, they have not provided that information to the HIPSI, which has 
every security uh, you know, badge that you can have. And they're saying, we can't trust you. What are they going to do with a January like six committee run by uh, Jim Jordan? What are they going to do on the weaponization committee? What are they going to do if we're going after um, you know, the FBI and otherwise? They're just going to pull up the drawbridge and you're not going to get across the moat. The J6, you're going to have the J6 element of this under judiciary, under Jordan. You're going to have the weaponization of the government, the Frank Church type committee as a subcommittee chaired by Jordan. This is why I didn't want to be speaker. You then got the CCP, uh, which is all about the infiltration. And Gallagher, he's a Marine. His heart's in the right place, but he, 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 I don't think, I'm not so sure. He's got to prove to us he's up to it. Uh, and this is not about competition, same about competition and long term. Okay. Is he up I, to it on the CCP? I worked with Mike. I worked with him in the Army even. We both worked for, for uh, at CENTCOM together, for example. Um, he, in my view, is his heart's in the right place on national security issues. He does not understand what we're up against with the deep state. He doesn't understand Amen. the motivation and, and inclinations there. And he's going to focus on this in a very traditional neocon-like way, which is good. We need to deal with in some ways with China in strategic military ways, but we have to move beyond that to understand what they're doing with Wall Street and how we're financing their military capabilities over there. That's just two examples. I've got to let you bounce because i got Harmeet and, and Caroline Lovett, but one last thing, Sequoia, with Gallagher, this is what Mike Gallagher is going to do because he's already talking about the the, 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 the kinetic war, and, and that's great, and, and, and Gallagher would be perfect for that. But there's an element here of the influence of peddling, the ownership, the partnership on Wall Street and big tech. And you see it and it's, it's personified by Sequoia. Sequoia Capital ought to be exhibit one in the, in the Chinese Communist Party, uh, effort and in investigation until you get to the bottom of how uh, one of the most powerful venture capital firms, right? What their ties are to the Chinese Communist Party, how they're funding U.S. capital into mainland China to support CCP, uh, people they have working for them that are CCP assets. Until you take on the biggest and the most powerful, this, that committee is not, that's a committee is not going to get to the thing itself. It's going to be another Benghazi type, uh, well, absolutely. another and Benghazi one, type committee. And Steve, one yep. point on that. You're absolutely right. That's where we need to focus that effort. And that was target number one for Devin Nunes on China, Chinese influence operations at state and national level, mainly and going after elites through money-making ventures, access to Chinese markets, and you know access to American markets to finance them. And we wanted to go after that. Mike Turner shut that down two months after taking over the committee and let everyone go that was working. Enough said, uh, Colonel Harvey, how do you, how do we get to you on, uh, and, and follow you on social media and your website? Uh, vote Derek Harvey.com, uh, is Derek Harvey.org is a, a better site. Derek Harvey.org that has a lot more contacts on it. And then on social media, I'm still on, uh, um, true social at Derek Harvey. Colonel Harvey, thank you very much. Look forward to having you back here. Take care, Steve. The war to the knife, the war to the knife with the deep state, the administrative state. Let's bring in Caroline Levitt. Uh, Caroline, um, we really, uh, the whole purpose of your campaign was last week. Y you would have been a firebrand right there. Every night I was sitting, I was thinking Joe Kent and Caroline Levitt. 
of what they would add. Give me, give me your perspective of what happened last week and where are we right now, ma'am? That's right. My eyes were glued to the TV as well last week, Steve, as I watched. And I am so proud of those 20 Patriots who stood strong against a lot of pressure from the mainstream corporate media, even our friends over at Fox who were saying they were disrupting democracy. No, they weren't. They were allowing democracy to prevail. And now look what we have. We just passed a historic monumental rules package for we the people that fundamentally changes the way in which the United States Congress is run. And so I was in touch with my friends, Matt Gates, Anna Polina Luna, many of them who stood strong. And there were great legislatures on the other side, right? Marjorie Taylor Greene, my former boss, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. At the end of the day, it proved that the GOP is the party the di- of diversity of thought, and they had excellent negotiations. And I think uh, the American people are going to see that the people's house will hopefully be restored over the next several months as we watch this GOP majority take over. But there's no doubt in your mind that if they had not, you know, if we had not thrown down hard and those 20 stood tall in the hard six, nothing yeah. would have happened. Is there any doubt in your mind about that, ma'am? Oh, of course. All of the members would have just signed on like the Democrats did on uh, uh, supporting Jeffries, right? Like they did for Nancy Pelosi. And so it was puzzling to me why the conservative media, the conservative establishment was going after these 20 members like they were a threat to democracy when that's exactly what they were trying to preserve and protect. And so there would have just been another uniparty vote, unanimous decision for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. Now he is Speaker of the House, but some of these changes were instrumental, particularly uh, the fact that McCarthy cannot use the power of his major super PACs and special interest groups on K Street to play in primaries like he did in mine. Uh, CLF spent more than $4 million against me in my race. I had a late primary. We had a lot of negative advertising that we had to overcome. Ultimately, the GOP leadership rallied before me and around me, but it was too late, Steve. And now I'm not a member of Congress for that reason and many others. So it's a shame, and I hope that will never happen to any anti-establishment candidate again moving forward. Can you please hold through the break, Russell, and get Hermie Dillon up? Uh, I just want people to understand that a young woman that was a fire breather for democracy, a fire breather for representing her district, a fire breather for opening things up and getting away from the status quo, Four million dollars in a late primary to destroy her character, her reputation, her family's reputation. That's the type of people you're dealing with. Think about that for a second. Short. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau 
and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bandon. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. It's got the 80% inventory sale. Also have the sheets, the Giza Dream sheets, as low as $29.99. Go check it out right now. Remember, money-back guarantee up until the 31st of March. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. To sleep the sleep of the just, you need to sleep on a MyPillow product. Nothing better than their sheets. I can attest to that. They're amazing. And these prices are incredible, as low as twenty nine ninety nine. So go check it out today. Support the great American company up in Minnesota, MyPillow.com. And, of course, your humble servants here at The Worm. Caroline Levitt, where, where do you see – what are the most important things you see in front of this Congress? We talked a lot about the investigations today. Uh, we're going to get to the debt ceiling tonight. Cortez is going to join us. What does Caroline Levitt see as the most important things in the um, in, in the coming uh, – days and weeks ahead in the house. So many, yeah, so many important issues, obviously, to help the people who have been just destroyed by Joe Biden's agenda. But our, I believe that the utmost priority of this Congress needs to be looking into the weaponization of our federal government. Don't forget, we had a DOJ that labeled parents as domestic terrorists. Uh, we have big tech companies that were colluding with the federal government to interfere in the 2020 election when I was working in President Trump's White House. The American people want accountability. Everywhere I go, people say, I'm so sick of these Democrats lying and cheating and engaging in corruption and getting away with it. Now is the opportunity for this Republican majority to really use the power of the subpoena, which our founding fathers granted them, bring people to the stand, hold them accountable. Dr. Fauci, how about some of the disinformation that's been going on with this vaccine? We have athletes across this country right now dropping debt. That's something I would like to see Congress look into. People want accountability and they want answers, and this GOP majority needs to provide it for them. Caroline, how do people follow you on social media? Uh, Kay Levitt, New Hampshire. I will never let go of that New Hampshire tag. Live free or die, baby. Go to my Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Facebook. I'll be announcing uh, my next career move shortly, Stephen. Would love to join you to talk about it. Thanks so much. You're, uh, you're a hero and a patriot, ma'am. Live free or die. Caroline Levitt from the Granite State, a Granite Stater to her, the marrow of her bones. Let's bring in Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet is, uh, is thrown down hard. She's running to be chairman of the RNC. Uh, Harmeet, how does, and because I've seen uh, these announcements every day in Alabama, these different states, the donors have put together a letter uh, saying, hey, we support Harmeet Dillon. We just can't do the Ronald McDaniel thing anymore. How does what happened last week inform your campaign? I think it's, the, it's a couple of weeks to this vote. But how does what happened last week inform uh, how you're going about your efforts to actually be the head of the RNC? Well, thanks, Steve, for asking this. There are a lot of echoes between that race and my race. And so you saw a lot of Republicans in the House criticize the 20 resistors who were holding out for America first policies and fair procedures in the House. And I'm glad that they stood the course. And they insisted on these rights because at the end we have a much stronger Congress overall, although the party uh, leadership is a little bit weakened in its ability to unilaterally punish people. And I think what Caroline was just talking about is exactly what we see at the RNC. You see that uh, people who aren't, quote unquote, with the program of the current leadership they get candidates recruited to run against them for party leadership positions at the RNC and things like that. And so 
at the RNC, I'm being criticized by some members who support the current leadership saying, oh, why are you disrupting everything? We need unity. But the unity that we're being asked to support at the RNC is unity around cycles of loss and simply patting ourselves on the back for walking precincts, raising money, attempting to contact voters. That's not victory, in my opinion. And so I'm here to redefine what we call victory at the RNC, which means winning elections decisively and then being able to go forward with Americans who can lead our country back in the right direction. By the way, you see the power, even though it was 10 seats, you see the power of winning. And, and think about it if we'd had even more, but you see the power of winning right there. And you think about the Senate and some of these governorships. Um, I want to go back because the criticism of the 20 was just, it was amazing from conservative Inc., right? But it led to a process that even the people that defended it would say it's a better process, more united now against a real set of objectives with much more openness and participation. I, I've noticed in the state level, and I'm getting blown up on, on my, you know, my cell phone and people contacting me, come to my people about the state level. They're all this, the, the, the folks at the RNC are trying to play this out. The fight against you at the state level, right? They're trying to make sure that they're 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 like they try to drop the dime on uh, on on the twenty last week. They're doing that at the state level. Anybody who put their head up and say, "Hey, I'm for Harmeet Dillon," or "I'm for Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell," or "I'm just for change," I just don't like the program the way it is. Is is that what we're seeing now? The kind of the same efforts they made last week against the twenty. You're seeing not just simply against you, but also against the people that would potentially vote for you. Uh, come a uh, latter part of January in uh, in Dana Point? Well, I think the opposite is true at the state level, to be honest, because it's much harder to control tens of thousands of patriots. And I'm talking about the party leadership around the country. So, for example, in California, we have 1,500 delegates in our state party and others. like I think Texas has over 2,000. It's hard to control that many people. And in fact, those people who elect the three representatives in each state to the Republican National Committee are overwhelmingly in favor of my candidacy, overwhelmingly in favor of change. In fact, every time we're able to get a state party leadership vote, executive committee, what have you, to convene and take a vote on these issues, they're voting votes of no confidence in the current leadership at the RNC. Uh, so we've seen that happen in Texas. We've seen it happen in Arizona. Just in the past week, we saw it happen in Louisiana. In Alabama, where our chair very, uh, very aggressively lobbied to prevent that vote from occurring or going my way, it went my way overwhelmingly. And so actually at the grassroots level, and I'm talking about the grassroots leadership level, uh, there is tremendous support for change. And I want to go back to one thing you said, Steve. Now, imagine if these members of Congress campaigned on a balanced budget, campaigned on cut programs and pay for them as you go, campaigned on weaponization being a priority and all of the other things that ended up being in the package. We might not have had a five vote majority. We might have had a 20 or 30 vote majority. So these are winning policies. Americans want them overall. And it's amazing that a few people in the party leadership really value their own power and control over a failed machine as opposed to winning with less power for the individual at the top. Is is that one of your bigger takeaways also from the data that say that uh, there are a lot of people that are on the cusp? Because remember, these, a lot of these races are so close. A lot of the, the polling shows that people said, well, they say Biden, the Democrats are terrible, but I didn't see an alternative plan. And now you see the support of these things. If you had been head of RNC, would you have pushed them to actually have 
an agenda that's got some got some meat into it? Is that what you would have done? Well, absolutely. It is the role of the party to reiterate what is the difference between the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. And I think our messaging has been very poor, and I would say increasingly poor. When we had the White House, of course, we had a strong messenger in the White House, and our job was simply to echo and amplify that. Over the last two years, we haven't had the White House. And so it's been the role of the party to articulate what does our party stand for? What's in our party platform? What do we think at the party that um, that candidates should be emphasizing? In fact, we had a vacuum on that issue despite spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on so-called messaging consulting at the RNC. Uh, our own messengers, our messenger, our main messenger, did not talk about the Dobbs decision in a way that explained it for voters or amplified the uh, importance of life to our party, did not talk about the border. I, I saw her doing a border op this week, uh, belatedly after years of border crisis. Uh, and so that lack of leadership has absolutely got an impact on convincing voters because elections shouldn't, uh, Democrats do not treat elections as some kind of seasonal effort like like a fruit. Uh, they treat it like a year-round, cycle-round operation. They don't lay off their election integrity workers like we just did at the RNC after an election. They don't lay off their field staff. They have people working around the clock and we need to be doing that, promoting our conservative messaging. You can't always rely on, frankly, members of Congress to be doing that. You see some of them voting against some of these things. So it's our job as a party to enforce those principles. Harmeet, walk us through. we got a couple of minutes. Walk us through the process from here on in, and how can people in this audience participate and support? Well, there's been an overwhelming grassroots support, but I think the most effective support is actually what I just talked about at the beginning, namely state parties taking votes and calling for no confidence or calling for support of uh, my candidacy, that puts pressure on the three members of the Republican National Committee. So what we're seeing right now is quite a few members are are saying to me, well, yeah, we need change. And, you know, the, the chair should have left two years ago after we lost the White House. But I like her and I also like what she's done for me personally or for, for the party. These leaders need to be reminded that they represent the people in their states and their job is not to vote for what is personally pleasing to them or benefits their ability to chair this committee or that committee, but rather what's better, not just for the party, what's better for the country. And I, you know, Kevin McCarthy, after winning the speakership, said exactly this, and I, I, I applaud him for that. He reminded us what's important here is what's best for the country. And the country needs a winning, vibrant, organized, and effective Republican National Committee. And I think there's only one candidate in this race right now who can deliver that. I'm a member for six years, and I have all the experience necessary to do that. So in conclusion, I will say that the vote is in about two and a half weeks at Dana Point, California, and uh, it's going to be down to the wire. So we're continuing to talk to our members and gather votes. We're continuing to do a lot of media around these issues, and votes are flipping our way because people are seeing the the absolute um, sort of uh, house of cards that we have there, and America cannot afford that. How do people follow you? How do they get to your website? My website is dillonforrnc.com. That's D-H-I-L-L-O-N-F-O-R-R-N-C.com. And also they can follow me and all the media interviews on Twitter at P-N-J-A-B-A-N, same handle on Instagram. And I, I appreciate the tens of thousands of messages I've received in support of my candidacy and all the members who are brave enough to step forward and support me and support change and winning strategies at the RNC. Thank you for having me, Steve. 
Harmy Dillon is down to what two and a half weeks this uh, horse race for the chairmanship of the RNC. Look forward to having you back on Harmeet. Make sure everybody goes to the website and check it out. Follow her on social media. Okay, short commercial break. Cardinal Pell is dead. What does that mean? Next in the world. Friends, you have to be blind not to see what's going on around the world. We're facing worldwide chaos on a whole new level. And it could all hit home really quickly in the form of food shortages, not to mention sky-high prices for basic groceries. That's why so many people are stocking up on emergency food right now. This food stays fresh in long-term storage, so it's ready when you need it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company, and right now they're knocking 200 bucks off their three-month emergency food kit. That's $200. Just go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com to get this kit. Your kit comes packed with delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Enough to feed one person for three solid months. Be sure to get one kit per person in your family so you don't run out. You'll save $200 per kit by going to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. My Patriot Supply wants to make it affordable for you to protect your family. So don't delay. You get free shipping also. Go to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. Take action. Do it today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Congressman Goldman, uh, Jonathan Lemire, staying with you because indeed of your background with investigations and as a prosecutor. Uh, shifting gears with the House, we heard from Jim Jordan and other Republicans yesterday about this new effort to investigate what they deem the weaponization of the federal government. And it seems like trying to look into some of the probes into former President Trump and his allies. What is your assessment of that? And what concerns do you have um, that that power may be misused? John, it's an outrageous abuse of power. Never before has Congress put in a resolution that it has the authority to investigate ongoing criminal investigations. And we know what they're looking at. And it's not just an investigation into Donald Trump, although that is part of it. It's also an investigation that includes many of them. Scott Perry, a Republican from Pennsylvania, had his cell phone seized pursuant to a court-ordered search warrant based on a finding of probable cause that he committed a crime, and yet he says that he would like to serve on that committee. The purpose of it is to interfere with ongoing investigations, and that's why I've called it the Republican Committee to Obstruct Justice. Uh, so uh, le let me ask you, uh, Congressman Torres, uh, what, what can you do, what can House Democrats do, what can the Senate do, what can the president do? Uh, to stop um, House Republicans from, from first of all, uh, undermining the efforts of the FBI, undermining the efforts of the Department of Justice, and actually trying to get into a position where Jim Jordan and, uh, and some Republicans can get their hands on the, the most classified, top-secret uh, documents that, that, that we have to protect. Look, we're going to make every effort to resist, but, you know, make no mistake, the odds are stacked against us. The new House Republican rules 
are an unconditional surrender of Congress as an institution to the far right of the Republican Party and the far right are arsonists who are intent on burning everything down, including the leadership of their own party and the full faith and credit of the United States. You know, I have concerns about the Holman rule, which would enable House Republicans to weaponize the federal government against particular federal employees. It would enable House Republicans to zero out funding for a criminal investigation into Donald Trump. And as Dan noted, under the rules, uh, a representative like Scott Perry, who's being investigated by the FBI, could investigate the investigators investigating him. So the Republicans, Mm. instead of draining the swamp, are filling it to an extent never seen before. Okay, it can uh, Denver and my crack staff here at the War Room production team just take Torres because he's a very smart guy. That's Dan Goldman, who's a former prosecutor, super rich kid, but, you know, heir to a lot of wealth, uh, bought his way into, bought himself a congressional seat. Uh, he ran for, he ran for, I think, attorney general in New York against Letitia James. And I think he had in, a, in the polling like 0.0%. So he decided to drop out and buy a congressional seat. Torres is a smart guy. I want to clip. I just want to play Torres's. When Torres comes on, I want to play it again. Music to my ears. Unconditional surrender. They tee him up to say, we're going to fight in the streets. We're going to fight here. We're going to fight. He goes, hey, dude, you see the rules package? We just, uh, these guys came in and they changed the game. Unconditional surrender by Torres. Okay. So. For those who want to take their country back, those are fighters. And, and look, I realize in some of the chat, oh, you know, the swamp and the, we can't, we didn't get McCarthy. Hey, the fight is now and the fight is on and it's going to be every day and they're going to pull every trick in the book. They're going to have to, you're going to, you're going to have to have the back of Jim Jordan. One thing I would commit to you with Jim Jordan and others, there's not going to be, this is not Trey Gowdy and Paul Ryan and these wimps. And that's where they were, these pencil necks that basically caved to the Democrats. There's no more Benghazi's where Hillary Clinton bench presses a goof, like a goofball, like Trey Gowdy. And then he writes a report six months later and nothing happens. This is hand to hand combat and you're going to see it every day. And they're going to play. This is why we're going to cut back and forth in the show to the degree that, uh, that we're going to, um, to make sure we get stuff live from the house. We're talking to people all the time. Actually, I want to know Matt Gates is going to be here tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock and Matt's going to walk you through, uh, a lot of how we got here, the victories, and m- most important with Matt Gates uh, going forward. Can I play Torres one more time? I want people to hear this from one of the smartest guys on the Democratic side. Let's, let's go ahead and just hear Torres's wh- where we stand today. Look, we're going to make every effort to resist, but you know, make no mistake, the odds are stacked against us. The new House Republican rules are an unconditional surrender of Congress as an institution to the far right of the Republican Party and the far right are arsonists who are intent on burning everything down, including the leadership of their own party and the full faith and credit of the United States. You know, I have concerns about the Holman rule, which would enable House Republicans to weaponize the federal government against particular federal employees. It would enable House Republicans to zero out funding for a criminal investigation into Donald Trump. And as Dan noted, under the rules, uh, a representative like Scott Perry, who's being investigated by the FBI. Okay, let me go ahead. Let me go. The Unconditional su- surrender to the far right. That would be you, the audience. And he got, he had to slip in there. Remember the Holman rule? We can zero funding. We can zero funding for the special counsel. The brothers got it. He also slips into the full faith and credit. Remember, they're jiggy every night. They're jiggy. Because they just know that the, the, the hammer is going to drop on the full faith and credit. If they can't get the credit card capacity increased, 
it's game over for them. This is why every night they're just sitting there going, oh, my God, the, the war room posse is in charge of the creditors committee. Uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You had the woman yesterday we showed you on, it was up on Bloomberg with David Weston's show. She's sitting there. She's the committee on the responsibility of the budget. She says, well, you know, they should never pass anything again that has to have any debt. Okay, baby, I'm with you 100%. But you can't up the, you can't up the, uh, the debt. We're going to get to the same place. They're going to abuse it. How about this? The full faith and credit. You notice how they twitch when they say that they get, they got like a twitch now. They get a twitch every time they say it. Full faith and credit. Well, hey, the people that are the full faith and credit of the United States want to end the Fed, and they're going to not not raise the debt ceiling and end the Fed. How about that? How about this? How about we get the ownership of the Federal Reserve from the 21 prime banks, the jackals on Wall Street, and turn the currency of the American people, uh, let's see, let me come up with a wild idea, back to the American people. How does that sound? Maybe we wouldn't have the boom and bust. Maybe we wouldn't have the situation where the elite in this country own uh, more assets than the bottom 90%. Uh, so there's so much going on here. Every day, every show, we're going to get into the back of it, give you the inside baseball. What Derek Harvey said today, he dropped a couple of thermonuclear bombs. The administrative state keeps active files on the congressman, and they don't keep them on there so the government, affair, the government affairs guys know, hey, I want to know how he voted on the farm bill. No, they're using it for leverage just like back in the, in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and early 70s. This is why you had to have a church committee to clean the mess up then. They only started, right, to clean it up. you got to clean it up now because it's out of control. Let me go. Can I go to the Vatican? I want to go. If nothing more than to see Ben Harnwell the beautiful shot he sets up every – Every evening about sunset. Ben, uh, two things. There was a report out that uh, I think uh, uh, Pope Benedict talked about the Antichrist in a letter to an individual prominent uh, politician. And Cardinal Pell is dead. And I understand the American spectators reporting that Cardinal Pell, uh, who's one of the great men of the church, who they falsely accused of uh, of uh, some uh, some of this pedophilia by a false accuser. That spent a year in solitary confinement was actually working on some explosive documentation. Let, let's start. Yeah. You want to start with the Antichrist? You yes. want to start with Pell? So, you you pick them. Steve, nothing makes me happier when broadcasting live from the Vatican to start off a hit about the Antichrist. So here we are. This is a a, a comment that Pope. Benedict the Sixteenth wrote to a Slovak politician back in 2015. It's just uh, been published in. Um, in, in, I think, German uh, now. And, and here's, here's the translation. This is what Pope uh, Benedict says. He says, we see how the power of the Antichrist is expanding. And we can only pray that the Lord will give us strong shepherds who will defend his church in this our hour of need from the power of evil. Strong words. Um, I have to say as an observation, I make this as, as an aside, so I'm not going to ride my usual hobby horse today. But if Pope Benedict had said these things with this degree of force and vigor whilst he was Pope, the Catholic Church would probably not be in, in the, the, the situation of, of terrible weakness, secular weakness, that it finds itself today. That doesn't mean that everybody is tinged with this. There are some people in the Catholic Church, as you said in your introduction, sadly, um, one of them died uh, uh, just a, a few hours or so ago, who do still have a pair of stones. One of them was Cardinal but, Pell. But, 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 but hang on, oh, but hang on, whoa, whoa, slow down, slow the train down, because we we're going to go into the next segment too. Uh, I want to stick with the Antichrist because this is not exactly my line of country, 
Uh, but this is why I find it so intriguing. I, I just want to make sure, particularly for our non-Catholic, because remember, it's the it's the working partnership of evangelical Christianity. Yes. The the burning fire of of those individuals that are uh, have a, a direct and personal relationship with Christ, and it informs everything in their life. And traditional Catholics, pre-Vatican II Catholics, and and in that combination, we know in mainland China with the Chinese Communist Party, and we know what's happening in Brazil. And by the way, I have Tierman on tonight. Uh, Tierman's on Capitol Hill briefing people, so Matthew will be on tonight with updates on Brazil. Um, the um, it is one of the most powerful forces for good in the history of the Earth, obviously. But now it's having direct political implications against this uh, autocratic state that's trying to, let's be honest, de-Christianize the world. That's what's happening, right, uh, with this yeah. atheistic Marxism. I want to go back to – because Pope Benedict, people realize, as Cardinal Ratzinger, was one of the most serious theologians in the church. In fact, with John Paul II, he considered him his intellectual kind of mentor in these topics. What's so shocking about this letter, and we'll put, I think I've got the story up on Getter, or, or uh, I'll have it up on Getter. So shocking about this, he openly talks about the presence of the Antichrist, not just on earth and in life, and in society and culture, but also the potential and actually the, the, the movements of the Antichrist, even within the church. Am I, am I misinterpreting what this amazing not article from, uh, was from Brother Dry? Go ahead and explain about the Antichrist mm -hmm. part of it. Not at all. The, the the expansion on these um on these themes is that of that it, it was Benedict's view that the Antichrist would not be, as it were, a secular politician, but would emerge from within the church. I actually find that pretty consonant with the with the three letters of um of uh, of Saint John on on this. Um, that, that that there's something within the church that uh that is uh, that is not of the church and only pretends to be of the church. Uh, and as we move forward into the end times, this becomes more and more apparent. We can see it today, Steve. Every time I do a piece for you here from the Vatican, it's always the same underlying underlying spiritual battle, um, which is as, as Archbishop Vigano says always that our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It's against, it's against uh, powers and dominions. Um, that is, say, the forces of evil, and that is exactly the case. Um, and this letter that Benedict wrote to that Slovak politician indicated, even if he wasn't prepared to speak publicly um, ab about these things with this degree of clarity, it indicated that Pope Benedict was aware of, of the dynamic that we're currently living through. Uh, ben, just hang on for a second. Ben Harnum was live uh, from uh, the Vatican. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. Uh, Cardinal Pell uh, has died, and Cardinal Pell is one of the seminal figures of the of the modern church, particularly trying to get to the bottom of the financial scandals, all of it. He was smeared. Uh, this individual suffered more at the hands of the uh, curia and the apparatus that run the church uh, than probably any senior cleric, I think, in living memory. Uh, but it turns out he was working on some pretty explosive stuff. I think it's in the American Spectator, pretty explosive article. Ben Harnwell, through the good offices of Jack Posobiec, we're going to get into all that when we return in the war room. Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true. Just like freedom itself, nothing in life is free. Mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. 
With Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get the same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's B-A-N-N-O-N. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values or our country, support a company that does. Patriot Mobile. You get there by going to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT. Has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, tomorrow night is the Gettys. It's the annual awards. Jason Miller is going to host. Uh, it's on January 12th, starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Jason will be hosting along with Kaylin Adore. Um, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Captain Bannon and, uh, and Grace Chong, the Queen of the Trolls. We'll figure out how we handle that of either maybe live streaming ourselves or picking up their feed. But the Gettys tomorrow night, want to make sure everybody participates. You get to vote. You get to participate. Also, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM, the sheets, as low as twenty nine nine nine. the Giza sheets. We need everybody f- healthy, rested, ready to go. You see the fight we're in, and every day it's going to get more intense. It's not going to get less intense. We need everybody on point. Get a great night's sleep. Not a good night's sleep, a great night's sleep. Get these sheets. If you don't love them, you can send them back, get a money-back guarantee, Twenty as low as twenty nine nine nine. But just go to uh, WARROOM.com. At the uh, at mypillow.com, mypillow.com, where our whole square comes up. It's got everything you need to know. Go check it out now. Also, I want to, um, you know, Charlie Kirk shows follows us. Charlie Kirk shows amazing. Look, as a traditional Catholic, I want to say the lead uh, sled dog is the evangelical movement. I have so much respect throughout the world in China. In look, she and Wan Shi Shan are as brutal a dictators that ever walked the face of this earth. Their biggest fear is essentially evangelical Christianity. The 100 million, they think evangelical Christians and Catholics, I think the Catholic part of that is maybe 20 million, right? 25 million uh, of true traditional Catholics, not not the ones that the CCP controls the bishops. But I'm talking about the the true Catholics uh, with the underground uh, Catholic church. And I'm not uh, denigrating the people that are part of the patriotic church. There's many devout Catholics there, but that is run by the state and the Vatican's got a secret deal with them. But the if you look at Brazil and if you look at China, and this is for people in the United States, the persecuted churches that are more persecuted than the first century Christian church, it is evangelical Christianity that is has people hearts on fire and prepared to be fearless in that. And what we want, Ben Harnwell and I hope, that traditional Catholics, we're, right now we're at a, obviously in a major conflict with this kind of progressive left secularism 
that is, and I mean radical left that's taken over the Catholic Church, and there's a there's a there's a fight for that. But the evangel I can't say enough about evangelical Christianity and what the evangelical Christians have done throughout the world in a time of great persecution. Look at Brazil. Lula's going to crack down. He's an atheistic Marxist, and he stole the election. I don't care if the Guardian and MSNBC and USA Today suck on that. He stole the election. You see the people down there in in uh, in Brazil. I want that. They want the machines turned over. And what they want is to get to the bottom of how that happened, okay? The, and by the way, much of that driven by these uh, tremendous uh, movement worldwide of evangelical Christianity. Ben Harnwell, Cardinal Pell. And by the way, I want to make a – it's not the American spectator. It's, it's, it's the senior cousin. It's the spectator of, uh, of London, which is one of the most respected magazines in the world. Uh, talk to us about what they said about Cardinal Pell. Yeah, um, I just want to bounce off what you were saying, though, about the evangelicals and the importance they're having. Um, not, not only is that absolutely true, it's what makes the current situation so tragic, Steve, because if anybody is not just offended, if anyone is scandalized by the Catholic Church's current descent into secularism, the stripping of, of all the, of, of the Christian, the Christianity, from, from the Catholic Church, the stripping of Holy Scripture and a biblical base to the, to the Catholic faith. If anyone is really scandalized by that, it's the evangelicals. Because the evangelicals have a long history and a long tradition of thinking, basically, that, that, that this building behind me is the seat of, talking of the Antichrist, it's, it's, the, it's the seat of, 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 of the Antichrist um, in, uh, in the end times. And, and nothing more confirms evangelicals in that viewpoint than the secularism, the, the Marxism, the communism, um, the atheism, the syncretism, the modernism that is coming out and has been coming out of the Vatican for recent years. That is the tragedy of this. And that's why I can only add my own voice to what you just said about the absolute importance of traditionalist Catholics who reject basically everything that, 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 that is coming out of the Vatican now. And conservative, biblical evangelicals come together as far as they can not to discuss, not to try to compromise on the faith. Like nobody wants no, no, no one wants that, right? We don't, we, the, the, no one's going to be stronger by compromising on the elements of the faith. But what we can do, I mean, I'm a traditionalist Catholic, you're a traditionalist Catholic, conservative evangelicals have, have their points to it. What we can do on the areas in the political sphere where we have a common enemy um, and an ability to combine together, is what we can do is, is, is work together on that front. And that is exactly what hashtag the, not my pope the, the, is, is, the, is the, most the, opposed the, to. Yeah, the comment. By the way, let's do Cardinal Pell. I want to take time. I know we can't do it at five today. Maybe we do it tomorrow. The Cardinal Pell thing is so important. But I want to comment on this is that the it's it's modernity. This this is what the most traditional elements of the church and the intellectuals weren't about in the 19th century. They saw what was coming in the 20th century. And today with transhumanism and the technologies available on the on the on uh, the, the oligarchs in Silicon Valley the way that they can even get you on the internet and they get you with the, the phones and all that. And then the transhumanism thing that, that in modernity itself is the common enemy, right? And that's, and we're not going to convert the evangelical Christians. I don't, I, these people are on fire right now, uh, as they should be. And it's just, it's inspiring to see. And it's inspiring when you deal with the world as, as we know it and people we deal with and you hear consistently from places like the Lao Beijing in China. The persecution is going on there. Remember, just understand something. In modern times, the Christian faith today is under more assault by the apparatuses of government 
than first century Rome, than first century Roman Empire. The, the persecutions we all look back to that formed the, the, the hard reality of the church and really inspired it and gave it the muzzle velocity for a millennia. That today you're seeing in China and you're going to see it in, 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 in Brazil. That's, that's coming. And that's what's galvanizing this church. Ben, we got about 30 seconds. Uh, tell people how to get to all your, your great, uh, your great content. Thanks, Eve. I'm simply on at Harnwell, which is my surname, on Getter, at Harnwell. I just have a quick name check also to at Jack Posobiec, who's going to have these two articles up on his feed a little later today, if anyone wants to check them down and, what, and, what, and find out what was said in The Spectator. I'm going to try to talk Ben into joining us maybe later. we got to get to this Cardinal Pell situation. It's, uh, it's incredibly important. So um, we'll deal with all of that. Uh, we'll, take a, uh, we'll see you back here at 5 o'clock today, 5 and 6, 2 hours live. The, uh, the great Charlie Kirk follows us right here on Real America's Voice. Stay tuned. You're going to get a couple of hours of hardcore populism and nationalism next with Charlie Kirk on Real America's Voice. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM POSSE, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.